The following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast by thepilotreport.com about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. I'm your host, Len Costa, and joining me today for this exclusive Heard It Here First interview is not only aircraft owner, former CFI, actually double I, corporate pilot and new aviation blogger, Mr. Brent Owens. Welcome to the show today, Brent. Hey, thanks, Lynn. Appreciate it. So what we're going to really do here is get to, we're going to talk about your website, like I said, new aviation blogger. But before we get there, uh, there's a there's just so much, so many neat facts about you. Uh, you know, when we were, we exchanged a few email uh, emails a few weeks back. You were telling me about the website and your background and all kinds of stuff. First of all, tell the listeners um, where, um, what's your background is in aviation starting with let's let's start with how did you get involved in aviation well uh, it kind of goes back to when I was a kid I wanted to be an astronaut like a lot of kids uh, growing up uh, so I uh, kind of set my sights on that and figured out that uh, to be an astronaut you need to be a military test pilot I don't know how I came upon that but that seemed to be the the uh, the, the current thinking at the time and so that was me and a buddy of mine that was our goal was to to, to be uh, astronauts and be military, you know, test pilots and that kind of thing. So we, uh, uh, that was the goal. But then I had bad, I, I had bad eyesight. I had to wear contact lenses. So I had to, had to kind of shift gears midstream there. And I went all civilian route, uh, gave up on the, on the military and of course being an astronaut part of it. Um, so I went, came up all civilian. I got my license in high school and, you know, pumping gas, sort of the old uh, traditional story that you, you might hear. And um, just built my ratings up that way and went to a flight school out in New Mexico and, uh, and just, just came up the uh, little, bit of gra- little bit grassroots. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so how long have you been flying for now? Uh, 20, a little over 25 years. 25 yeah, so I star- years. started when I was 14. And uh, yeah, so I, when I, once I left flight school, I was lucky enough to come back to my hometown and teach. Uh, and then the FBO that I was working at was, uh, was coming under new management and it was pretty progressive and they ended up with a lot of nice airplanes that I was able to build time in. Mm-hmm. And, and so I basically went from that job uh, to my current job now that I've been at for, uh, 16 years, uh, flying corporate, uh, for a fractional operator out in, uh, up in Ohio. So we have 25 years of flying. We did, you did some flight instruction. You're now working for a corporate, uh, a corporate company. You must have like, I don't know, 10,000 hours or so? Yeah, a little under that. Um, I'm actually working the uh, management now, so I, I fly the desk more than I fly the airplanes. Okay. But, uh, so I don't have as much flight time as maybe somebody else my age. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I still keep current. I go to, the, I go to sim and I fly uh, you know, semi-regularly, but uh, my day job is pretty much, pretty much working in management. Okay. So what was your progression from, um, uh, and, you know, you did some flight instruction. Tell us about your time flight instructing. What kind of uh, experience did you get out of that? What kind of cool airplanes were you flying? Anything, you know, special or particular that you can remember? 
Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, most of it was in a veritable, you know, 150, 152. Um, you did a lot of time in those, but uh, the the guy I worked for, he was he's big into antiques and classics, big EAA guy. He was the chapter president down there at the time. I, it was this is all in Oklahoma where I grew up, and uh, you know, so he had a Twin Beach. He had we had a Luscom that we could rent. I I taught tailwheel transitions. Uh, we actually taught in a glide. We had a glider for a while that we were uh, starting to try to operate, and that's kind of a whole nother story. But uh, so we, we had our fingers in a little bit of everything. So we had you know tailwheels. You know we we'd have. Uh, students that would, you know, have a 170 and you teach them to fly in it, you know, uh, Jim Brewer, the guy that uh, was my mentor and the guy that uh, owned the FBO there. I mean, he, he was, he was excellent. He would, uh, you know, guy would come out there and, you know, Hey, I want to learn to fly and well, what kind of flying you want to do? And he would, you know, he'd help them buy airplanes. And so, um, and, uh, and we teach them in their airplane, you know, it was, uh, it, was it was really a neat operation. So flew all those kind of, all that kind of stuff, uh, coming up and, uh, Jim had a twin beach. I flew it. Um, it was, uh, so it was, it was really great experience. I'm actually pretty sentimental about my time back in those days. It, it, looking back on it, it wasn't a long time. I wasn't there like 10 years or anything, but it's, it, it was a big chapter of my, my career. Mm-hmm. Now you actually, mentioned something about uh, the EAA and when we were talking offline you actually are involved with the EAA tell us about that a little bit yeah I'm a vice president of the local chapter here it's EAA 9 which is one of the oldest chapters out there um, and uh, we're basically for Columbus Ohio it's the local chapter and uh, so it's uh, I've been involved with them uh, really since I started building uh, building airplanes I, I started building RV8 five years a little over well over five years ago now uh, but it, back in 2008, uh, started building, uh, or no, I'm sorry, 2006, started building the RV8. And so when I started building the airplane, I got involved in the local chapter mm-hmm. and then was a director. And then now I'm the, now I'm vice president. And it's uh, fun. Good group of guys. We have a lot of fun. They, they do a lot of young Eagles work uh, and that sort of thing. And so it's, it's really good, really good outfit. Right. Yeah. The young Eagles was actually where I got my first exposure uh, to flying. I've mentioned it on some of the previous episodes of the show here, but uh, you know, much like yourself, I was interested in being an astronaut when I was when I was younger, and actually, my first small airplane ride was in a Lancer 320 home built um, on a Young Eagles day, and after that, I was just absolutely hooked. I mean, not only was it the coolest thing ever, but you know, a Lancer 320 is a pretty sleek, pretty fast airplane for for a first plane ride, and um, and that was just it was one of the coolest experiences that I could, I still have the certificate to this day. Um, so that's one of one of my most favorite experiences in aviation. Now you built an RV eight, and and so you're flying this now. Yeah. Um, so I uh, and really what happened when I was uh, when I came up and started flying corporate, I got away from general aviation for a while, and uh, you know wife and kids and family and all those things that happened to you. And so the the RV eight was my sort of reentry, uh, you know, back into GA, get back to my roots. And uh, so I, I knew I wanted to build an airplane. I hadn't at the time actually settled on what I was going to build, and uh, did a lot of research and, and ended up with the RV eight. It fit what I wanted to do. Okay. And uh, and so I four years nine months later uh i had an airplane there <laughs> and so i fly it around it's it's a it's a fun airplane i really enjoy it i, I enjoy all kinds of airplanes i'm definitely not a, one of the you know an rv snob or anything like that mm-hmm. i I'd, I'd strap on a cherokee or a bonanza or anything that you you, you hand me uh um, but i do like the eight it, it is a nice airplane it does what i what i want it to do now what were the some of the characteristics you were looking for when you decided that you wanted to be you know become an aircraft owner what what drew you to the rv8 specifically 
Well, um, the wide range, really, uh, because when I started looking to build airplanes, I actually targeted sort of low and slow. I was going to build like a peat and pole or, a, you know, uh, uh, you know, like an old replica biplane or something along those lines. I really didn't have any any intention of doing anything, uh, you know, really higher performance than that. And then when I got to looking at the time it would take me to build it and the amount of energy I would put into it, I thought, you know, maybe I want a little bit more capability. And so, um, so I started looking at the uh, the different airplanes out there, and the RV convinced me because I I could do aerobatics in it. I had you know generally good cross country speed. You could equip it to do IFR work if you can't if you wanted to. And, and mine is light IFR, if you will. Um, it's uh, it's got good handling qualities. It's kind of got that fighter feel, and so that 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 circles us back to where I started because uh, you know at the beginning of the conversation wanting to be a fighter pilot and all mm-hmm. that stuff. This sort of scratches that itch, if you will. Sure. <laughs> Now, but the RV-8, as I understand it, isn't actually the first aircraft you owned. You, uh, I know you owned one more, but maybe a couple others. Tell us about the other aircraft uh, in your past. Well, the first airplane I owned, I actually owned as a, as a partner. And this was, again, kind of going back to, to Jim Brewer's influence on me when I worked for him. Uh, he encouraged me and my dad, actually, to, to go find an airplane to restore. And he'd help us with it. He was an A&P and A&I, AI and all that stuff. So we, we did just that. We found a basket case air coupe. Uh, this thing had been sitting in storage for 11 years, and uh, uh, and it hadn't been touched. Actually, the wings were in storage. The fuselage, when the engine and all that, all that goes with that, was outside for that 11 years. And this is this is Tornado Alley uh, okay. in southern Oklahoma. I mean, nasty place to be outside. But uh, we brought the airplane uh, up to the airport, and uh, we started restoring it. And Jim helped us, and we had that thing flying in no time. And and uh, and we end up having to we end up selling partners and partnerships into it to you know overhaul the engine and paint it and you know do some improvements to it. And and uh, kind of a neat side story, I end up soloing my dad in that airplane. He wasn't a, <laughs> he wasn't a pilot, but yeah, that is cool. Yeah, so I had that airplane, and uh, and that was uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, it was fun. I actually commuted to work in it for a while. I was working uh, a different airport, fifty miles away, on a different project, and I was actually using it to commute to work. It was perfect for that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I ended up buying a, a, a small biplane because I was wanting to fly aerobatics. And at the time, Jim didn't have anything that was aerobatic qualified that we could fly. So um, so I. He helped me again find a, an airplane that would be in my price range because I was a, sort of a starving flight instructor at the time. And so not for a lot of money, I found a, a 1970 uh, Tabuker Youngster 1, mm-hmm. which, which is essentially a, a replica of a Youngmeister scaled down. And, and, uh, but it's fully aerobatic. It's all wood, fabric covered. It's a you know, real basic, straightforward airplane, four-cylinder Lycoming. Um, and so I bought that airplane and, and uh, started basically teaching myself aerobatics not something i would recommend but uh, <laughs> uh but uh worked out <laughs> well you're still here but maybe i mean you say maybe not the best idea what happened Did you scare yourself a few too many times oh, yeah you know you just uh yeah you, you're taking lots of chances I, I did a lot of academics you know to prep for it mm-hmm. because that was my only way of training uh but uh and you know and talking to people too but uh but yeah i mean your first time you put the airplane into a, you know, a, a loop or a roll when you've never really done that before. It's, you know, you take, you take a chance of, you know, stalling the airplane in a really, you know, bad attitude with the power all the way mm-hmm. up and getting into, you know, spin scenarios that you hadn't seen in a 150, you know? Uh, so, but you know, uh, you learned it and, you know, learned, learned you could stall an airplane going straight down with the throttle all the way up, you know, those kinds of things, mm-hmm. you know, what people, people don't uh, always understand how that works. <laughs> I know you do, but, uh, yeah, so it, it was, uh, it was a good experience. It was fun. And I actually ended up rebuilding that airplane because I, I, 
you know, 1970 airplane. The airplane was my age. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the wood was starting to get a little brittle, and I came in off one of the flights, and Jim comes over and says, man, the top of the wing's got some ripples in it so that weren't supposed to be there. So mm -hmm. took the fabric off, and it had a bunch of broken ribs. And so I ended up restoring the airplane from the ground up, which was a great experience. I mean, it really, you know, uh, so I did, you know, so the air coop and then the, the Booker, those are, that, I had those, that little bit of experience to sort of fall back on when I went and started building the eight. So it was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And that's cool. Now, you did mention that uh, your current uh, day job for the past 16 years is corporate flying, uh, and, you, and you work for one of the fractional companies out there. Uh, what kind of jets uh, or aircraft, I should say, have you flown in that experience? Oh, uh, well, the, you know, in that, in that arena, when I got hired, um, they had uh, Hawker 1000s and Citation S2s, and so I went into the S2 as a new hire. Uh, flew that airplane actually for not 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 very long because uh, they were phasing the airplane out. They were bringing ultras on the line, and and, uh, and I was caught in a weird new hire class where we weren't getting a lot of flight time. They were holding us back to to keep the S2 staffed, and and so I ended up bidding an SIC position um, uh, in the Hawker 1000, which was a which was great because it, I didn't have any any turbine time when I came to this position. So I, I felt like even though the upgrades were going, you know, inside of 12 months back in those days, I didn't mind being seat locked for a year and flying mm -hmm. that Hawker and mm -hmm. getting some experience, you know. And and so I flew that 1000 for a year, absolutely loved it. You know, that really was, you know, where I learned, you know, how to fly a corporate jet. And then when it came time to upgrade, I couldn't hold the Hawker. So I upgraded into the Ultra at the time, the Citation Ultra. So flew that for a year. That was my seat lock amount uh, and i went right back to the 1000 the hawker i really loved it mm -hmm. so flew it twice if you will and then um after the hawker i um i went into the citation 10 uh and then that's that's when i went into management i got end up getting married and and i uh, wanted to be home more so i went sure. went down to management track and so i uh, went was in the 10 and I, and so i stayed in the 10 program as a manager was an assistant chief pilot in the 10 then uh, after the 10, uh, well, while I was in a 10 program, an opportunity came up for me to be the chief pilot of the 400 XP program. So when I, so I left the 10 and went and started flying the 400 XP. And that's all, that's the Hawker, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. People think of it or know it as the Diamond or a Mitsubishi Diamond. It's basically okay. the same airplane, but mm -hmm. yeah, the Hawker, uh, the yeah 400 XP. And so uh, flew that for three years and then uh, left that job was promoted to my current position and uh, and because I wasn't my current position doesn't tie me to an airplane model I went back with what I would be able to hold sort of commensurate seniority and so I'm flying a Falcon right now Falcon okay. 2000 and uh, so and I really love that airplane that's that's a fantastic airplane I love it so you've got a type rating and how many airplanes then uh, well, it's five, and then I took a Citation 7 type uh, on top of that when I was working in the 10 program. We co-managed the 7s, and so I got typed, but it never actually flew the never airplane. Never actually flew it, okay. Yeah, just so I could help help with the program. So, yeah. So, so. you've got quite uh, quite the aviation background. Like I said, aviation owner, we've got, or excuse me, aviation aircraft owner, um, corporate pilot. You've got six uh, type ratings. You've flight instructed. I mean, quite the... Uh, Quite the background here. Tell us what was what's your favorite GA airplane, and then uh, what's your favorite jet that you've flown? Well, my favorite GA airplane I've ever flown is a Twin Beach, by far, <laughs> by far. You know that is a sexy airplane. When I was uh, when I was taking flight lessons, I used to work at the aer uh, airport um, restaurant, 
And every it was either every Saturday or every Sunday, this beautiful blue and yellow twin beach would fly in and, you know, four or five people would get off and they'd come up and they would eat. And every time it came in, I would just drool at how sexy that airplane is. Uh, what was that like flying the twin beach? Well, it's like flying two T6 Texans, I guess, is sort of way it felt like, at least at least to me. Um, it, it's it's a great airplane. I mean, the, those radial engines, the tail dragger part of it. The Twin Beach I flew was a D model um, that had the low cabin, so it had the bird cage windshield. It was just like when you described it as sleek, it has that look that mm-hmm. you describe. And it's just and the flying qualities are. I mean, they're typical beach. I mean, you as you know, I mean they they just they're nice handling airplanes and. The Twin Beach is no exception. The ailerons on that thing are, are just wicked light. I mean, it loves, you know, it loves to bank and, and stuff. And and uh, so, yeah, I really enjoyed the Twin Beach. Uh, I got to fly an extra, and I tell you, um, that's got to be an honorable mention in, that, <laughs> in there. Um, and I wasn't the PIC or anything. It was more of a ride than anything else. But a friend of mine, and it was fairly recently, a friend of mine that uh, flies competition aerobatics, he's actually the president of the local IAC chapter, um, has an extra 300 uh, L and he took me up in that thing. Wow, what a machine mm-hmm. that thing is! Wow, incredible. But uh, yeah, th- that would be it. And then, of course, my RV8. I kind of like how it, how it, you know, it's it's in there too somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I said offline before we uh, before we actually started recording the interview, I was over at your website, which again we'll get to uh, here in a couple of minutes. But you did have a video of a recent flight you did over to uh, OSU with a camera mounted below the wing, and uh, just you know. The uh, the livery and the paint job on your RV8, it's, it looks like a absolutely beautiful airplane. Oh, uh, thanks. Thank you, Lance. Yeah, yeah it's, it just simply looks gorgeous. But uh, going back to your favorite jet, which one out of the uh, – well, you, you're type rated in six, but you've really only flown the five. Which one do you ultimately say – was it the first, uh, the first Hawker? No, I think I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Falcon 2000, and that's what I'm in right now. That that's uh, and and here's a that's kind of a thing that, that I uh, you know use as a benchmark for you know my favorite airplane because because I I don't really care about range and, and even runway performance, especially when I'm not paying for it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm if I'm doing it as a you know someone else is taking the fuel stop or you know whatever, but for me as a pilot, I like airplanes that handle well. So I'm I'm thinking about handling qualities and the the Falcon. You know, the 10 was like the opposite of that. The 10 was kind of a handful, but uh, uh, but the the Falcon is just a gentleman's airplane. I mean, it it, it kind of reminds me of the tw- Twin Beach. Really, it's mm-hmm. uh, really harmonized controls and you know the, a lot of thought went into that. They you know, the Dassault puts a lot of effort into making that part of the airplane, you know, work well. And it shows, it shows. So a management pilot, like you said, you, you work in the office and you fly. I mean, do you, do you get to fly a couple of times a month? What's your, what's your breakdown of how much uh, time you're flying the desk versus flying the Falcon? Well, right now, um, with uh, with some of the economic stuff going on with you know with uh, with with everything in the aviation right now, I've been flying less. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, typically, what we'll do is we'll fly once a month or once every other month. Uh, we'll go out for a four day trip or whatever. Um, it's kind of the typical profile. Um, so that's that's really the basically it. But last year, it's been pretty pretty lean. I've only flown a few times. So. Uh, what do you do to stay proficient or current in that situation if you're, you know, say flying once only every 30 to 60 days? I mean, do, you, do you stay recurrent in the simulator or do you just, you know, take personal time to sit down and review the items about the aircraft before you go fly? Tell us a little bit about, uh, your, you know, your process of keeping up since flying is a little bit more limited in the Falcon. 
Yeah, so kind of yes and yes to, to what you said there. Um, I keep current sim, and then usually before I go out and fly, I'll go back to the simulator because we have full service and the simulators are here. And so I can just go over and, and take time in the simulator um, whenever I want, basically. So we do we do that, and then a lot of times if we have, like in this case with this year where I haven't flown much, um, I'll actually go out with another captain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that way I'm, you know, I've got a sort of an extra layer of uh, of protection there, sure. and you know, get warmed up and that kind of thing. But um, uh, yeah, so that's basically it. And then, you know, review the the stuff before I go, that kind of thing. But well, and uh, it's not so much that you're not flying uh, that frequently, but what we're talking about is the Falcon specifically at your day job because you still fly the RV8. I mean, how often do you fly your personal aircraft, the RV8? Well, I fly you know, once a week or every two weeks. It, right. it, two weeks is a stretch. I usually go out once a week unless the weather's, you know, middle of the winter and it's crappy, but yeah. Yeah, yes. so, so so airmanship-wise, you know, you're still flying. It's just the, the Falcon is the aircraft that you get. You don't get to necessarily fly once every one to two months. Exactly. Okay. Um, well, cool. Well, you know, so this is, uh, I guess we'll make the transition to the uh, next half of the conversation because when we first started talking a few weeks ago via email, you were excited to share with me your new aviation blog. And so now that we've kind of got the listeners up to speed with some of your background and experience, uh, the blog that um, that you have is, well, tell, tell me, first of all, what's the website? It's uh it's iflyblog.com so it's just it's, you know the http the normal uh, url address but it's iflyblog.com and um yeah and it's basically just it's a uh, it's really just a sounding board you know for me i uh it, it's a little bit of a long story but a buddy of mine a couple years ago uh, he's a journalist for one of the bigger uh online aviation news sources out there that's out there okay. and uh was talking to him and at the time i was interested and in, uh, i was starting to finish i was finishing up the rv and i was starting to look at what else i'd be doing and and uh, that kind of thing and so he he uh we were talking i'm like you know i wouldn't mind writing an article or two in a magazine or doing some you know doing some writing i i, I enjoy writing I, and i do a little bit of writing at work just for the normal course of uh, business and uh and so I was talking to him and he suggested i start a blog based on what i had kind of told him you know that i would want to do with with my writing mm-hmm. and at the time i was like you know i okay i'll think about it and i and and i was still really in the throes of finishing my RV-8, so I, I really didn't have time to do anything at, the, at that point anyway. So I sort of uh, gestated on that for a year, year and a half, and then uh, I finished my airplane a year ago. So now I've really just been looking for, for something else, sort of a next, you know, what's my next goals? What, you know, what do I want to do? And, uh, and, and I kind of went back to this conversation I had with Glenn and, and thought, you know, he, you know, he, he's onto something there. So I started looking into blogging and I, and, and I've seen some of the work that you and, and, uh, and like Victoria and, and, uh, and Rick and others have done, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's really inspiring because you see what other people contribute out there and anybody can go and get that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can be a, you can be in a, you know, a, a cabin in the middle of Wyoming and you can learn an immense amount of information, mm-hmm. you know, by, by what folks like you publish and others. And I thought, you know, I want to contribute to that. I, I, uh, I felt like I have a little bit of experience and I, you know, have some story, you know, war stories and, you know, so some of that from an entertainment perspective, but also from an educational perspective, I, f- I felt like, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want all this stuff to just be lost in my head. I, sure. you know, I'd like to, you know, sort of, you know, transmit it out there in a, in a way that's, uh, 
you know, it's usable for someone. You know, the the forums and stuff, and I and I and I, I frequent you know forums and, and things like that. You know, and try to contribute where I can. But uh, I think a lot of the a lot of the stuff gets lost in translation, and and I think the blog it provides a really good vehicle to give it, you know, to, to make it a really pure message. You know, to say, well, here's what I think about this, or here's what happened to me here, or you know, here's what I would do about you know, and and, and it just provides a you know a good platform. So so that was the you know I made the decision to do it. I did a little bit of research and. And uh, how I would do it, and uh, and so I started back in September, and and uh, and I I put something up every day, and mm-hmm. I you know I try to make it a, a ritual, and uh, and I and I've really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, and and I've gotten I think I've gotten more out of it than folks that come and read it, but you know <laughs> that's, I guess that's okay, you know. <laughs> just as just you know as as similar as when you first started flight instructing, it was the same for me. You know, you get almost personally you get a lot more out of it at first because you're you're like you know just learning so much new processes new ways of doing things and and uh, I can definitely relate to that so so iflyblog.com is the website what is what are your uh, you know long term goals of the website what do you what's the future of iflyblog well you know I'd like to make it a place where folks would you know as part of their morning ritual or whatever would just check on and you know hey what's going on over there you know what's uh, what's the topic du jour uh, you know one of the things that I intentionally did with the blog was because uh, it'd be pretty easy for me to focus on you know tail draggers or RVs or uh, you know flying antiques and classics or experimentals or whatever but I, I try to cast a pretty broad net and um, and so make it where there's something for everybody that would want to you know come and show up and and see what's there and so you you know, you might you know, might read an article about uh, you know a book I've read recently, or you might read an article about you know what I think about uh, uh, you know airport noise complaints. <laughs> you know, I've got some editorials that are that are uh, a little warm, but you know they're my opinion, and that's part of why I like the blog because I can you know I kind of say what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, or I would you know I've got a couple articles on there about you know if I had ten thousand dollars, what kind of airplane would I own? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some you know something that's a little bit uh, unconventional something you might not see out there, you know, right now in, in cyberspace. And that's, so that's really the kind of the goal is just to, you know, it's, it's a little bit going to be, it'll be a little diluted because of that, but I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Sure. Well, you certainly have uh, not only the background and the experience and the knowledge to put out a product like this, um, you know, with all the various things that you've done. And, and this is great that you're actually finally getting a chance to share everything. Uh, what, um, what do you I actually I think you mentioned something about a book is this uh something that we might see sometime soon or is this down and down the road Yeah I think it, it I think it'll be down the road I uh you know it it, it is a good a logical first step to writing a book because it, you know I and I just a little bit of research I've done in, in, in uh, you know, and taking on a project like that, that, you know, if you can't, uh, if you can't string some words together on a consistent <laughs> basis, you're, you're going to have a hard time. So the blog's a great exercise for that. But I, I tell you, I've enjoyed it so much that I don't even know, you know, books seem so limited now, you mm-hmm. know, the blog, the blog is so unlimited, you know, and I can, I can jump around and I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to string all these ideas together that great with a book. You, you've really, it's a whole different animal. And so I, so maybe I, I might do a book someday, but uh, for now, I'm really enjoying just uh, just putting my thoughts on the on the blog. 
Well, and the blog is definitely more dynamic in the way of uh, being able to share not just words and photos, but you can also put out uh, whatever training materials that you come up with or videos or audio. Like the like I mentioned a little bit ago, the video that I watched on your website of the camera mounted up below your RV-8, I mean, a, a book per se these days uh, doesn't have so much of that dynamic content that you can get online. Um, what do you feel... Right now, and, and we're only talking about September, uh, let's see, September, October, November. So basically three months your blog has been up. What do you feel are some of um, <clears throat> some of your best and strongest uh, features of the website that's, that seem to continue to attract uh, readers in, the, in your first three months that set you apart maybe from some of the other, uh, you know, other aviation blogs out there? Well, um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I think some of my editorials are a little bit different than what you might read from, you know, a blog on AOPA or a blog on some of the other alphabet groups. Um, you know, because I'm I, because I'm, my background is just a little bit different uh, from some of the guys that write for those those outfits. Um, so I'm coming at it from a little different angle. Um, so the, I think some of my best stuff is really sort of my editorials. Um, the uh, the other things I think that that contribute that really help and, and are more popular or uh or kind of like what I mentioned earlier with uh I've got a series that I'm that I started and I'm 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 actually going to publish the next one tomorrow but uh where um I'll have uh you know what if I had 20 grand what airplane would I own you know just sort of this and so every month I'll have a new one and I'll take the dollar amount up and I'll mm -hmm. just keep you know keep going with that exercise you know so little things like that I think that's a value add for folks and and you know I don't I don't I don't write war and peace you know most of the entries are you know under well they're all under a thousand words mm -hmm. but uh, a whole bunch of them are 500 or less you know mm -hmm. so it doesn't take you an hour to digest the information I try to get right to the point and uh, and uh, and make it uh, you know because part of it I understand is entertainment people will will come around and they'll they'll look and they're, they're wanting to be entertained for a few minutes or whatever or try to you know take in a, a little bit of information over a short period of time mm -hmm. and uh, and that's kind of the that's kind of the goal is to provide that for them. So, but I, yeah, I think that's my best stuff is sort of that, that unique, you know, hmm, you know, I, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't, hadn't, I hadn't thought about going and buying a Kolb, you know, for mm -hmm. 10,000 bucks and, and, and going out and smelling the roses, you know, as a right. way to, as a way to get flying. I, if I, if I can't afford a Cirrus then I must not be able to fly airplanes, you know, that whole, <laughs> that whole notion, you know what I mean? And, well, and I I'm definitely screwed. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, me too. You know, I mean, that's a, uh, but I think a lot of the general public think that way. And I think that's, and, and and you and you see that a lot of a lot mm -hmm. of guys do a good job, and you guys included, to try to sort of myth bust that whole notion of uh, you know you got to be rich and famous to fly airplanes because this isn't true, you know. But you do have to be creative because um, it isn't yes. cheap. It isn't right. cheap. Right. Yeah, and there's plenty. Of, there's definitely plenty of methods out there for sure. Um, and like you said, you know, one of the things that I think all of us have found through our blogging experience is that even though, you know. Content these days sometimes isn't always the. It, it might not necessarily be unique, and uh, might not be the first time that you're reading about it or hearing about it. But what really separates uh, each individual blog is, like you said, the the personal experience, the background that each person has. Like I don't have ten thousand hours. I didn't fly six corporate jets. You know, I came from flight instructing, and I went to the airlines. So my perspective of flying is is based on that, versus your perspective of flying is based something different. So even if I, you know, you and I were to talk about the same topic, we would have a complete 
potentially a completely different point of view and a different way of writing it. And that's one of the great things about even though there's just so much an abundance of information on the internet, each piece is unique to the experience behind the author. And that's what, uh, you know, that's what's exciting about aviation because no two flights are alike. And no matter what happens when you go up and you fly that airplane, there's always something exciting or even if, you know, even if you go from point A to point B and nothing bad happened and it was, you know, quote unquote, uneventful, there was still something that you may have done wrong or may have overlooked or, you know, a learning experience that you can help, um, you know, share through written word or podcasting or video and share that with other aviators for them to see you know, what that experience was like for you and those different perspectives. Um, so that, that's definitely cool. I've, like I said, I had I spent some time on the site uh, today looking at some of your videos, and I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good start for a website, um, and I'm, I'm definitely look forward to seeing how you grow in the future here. Now, if, um, you know, if the listeners, we, are, we talked about the website, it's iflyblog.com. What about, uh, you know, are you on Twitter, Facebook? I think I saw you might even be on Pinterest. Yeah, I am. I'm. Uh, I am on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I have a Facebook page. It's uh, iFlyBlog and then dot uh, com. And then I have. Uh, I'm. I'm on Twitter as well. It's. Uh, it's uh, Brent at iFlyBlog. And uh, and then yeah, I've actually got a Pinterest account. I just started one of those. So <laughs> I'm get, some of this stuff is uh, is new to me. But I mean, I have the blogging part, the blogs, and you know the standard stuff. But uh, like things like Pinterest and some of the social media is uh, I'm still coming up to speed on that stuff. But it's great. It's great because and you're absolutely right, Lynn. I mean, when you talk about you know someone can go on and read the same thing from a different person, but it may resonate because of the mm-hmm. perspectives and and uh, you know when I was teaching and I know when you taught, you know it, you're sometimes explaining something. A different way was all it took to, to get the student to you know over the hump and mm-hmm. and uh, and that's that's a huge piece of what what uh, what you know what it, what it's all about when you're out there contributing to a blog and that kind of thing and um, it's been fun I've actually been do, I've done some guest writing too I, I I've contributed to Airfax Journal and uh, you know stuff as well just just to just to try to broaden myself a little bit in uh, you know so yeah it's it's great I mean I tell you the guy. It, Flying is expensive right now, and that, and that is a, a burden. But there is there is an unparalleled amount of information for absolutely zero money available mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the new guys or whatever coming up. I mean, it's it's awesome. Speaking of which, and uh, I actually kind of overlooked this a little bit earlier, but um, before we wrap it up, there is one thing that we didn't really get to talk about, and this is a feature that you have on your website, a big old tab that says free mentorship. Tell us about what's going on there. Yeah, so the the idea behind that was uh, a little bit like uh, like really what the bo- the blog is designed to do, but uh, but this is more going to be obviously targeted, and and so the concept would be that uh, you know someone would reach out to me and say you know look I you know I, I need somebody to take me under their wing or you know I'm looking for some advice or I've got questions or you know whatever uh, you know I uh, is to the extent possible I will work with them directly you know through email and the various sources and you know, telephone and all that kind of stuff and uh, and try to offer you know my my advice, my perspective, you know, contribute with the experience I have, you know, um, uh, I don't know everything. I mean, if they want to, they want to, they want to go talk about, you know, uh, you know, some of these new high tech, you know, like a tech them or something, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do some research myself. But, uh, uh, but I, the, the idea behind that was just, you know, to try to give back because I had some really awesome, uh, mentors coming up. Um, and, um, uh, 
you know, so, and not everybody has that, you know, not everybody is in a position to where, you know, there's someone that they have access to. And, you know, because of the power of the internet, I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to throw my name in the hat. Mm-hmm. And if someone wants to, uh, wants to, you know, let me help them, I'm, I'm happy to do it, you know, free of charge, you know. Awesome. Anybody in your family fly or just you? It's just me. And that's the other part of it. I don't have any, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just me and my buddies around here. But yeah, my family doesn't fly. My wife, my wife and uh, kids, I've taken my kids up and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, uh, I'm the only pilot in the bunch right now. So. <laughs> I'm actually working on my youngest who the airplane is named after. So nice. I think she might be the pilot. I've got a video of her on my website. <laughs> so. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, real quick before we go, name the scariest moment in Brent's flying history. Oh, scariest moment. Uh, hmm. Probably, uh, <laughs> if, if I can make it brief here, um, I was, uh, when I was flying corporate uh, Piston Twins, um, I took off loaded on a trip out of uh, Bozeman, Montana, heading for San Antonio. And uh, which is a really long trip in a 421. Yeah, I was gonna say, especially in a piston twin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a 421. Um, That's a nice it, plane, though. It's a nice plane. Yeah, you know, pre- pressurized. I mean, it's a it is a nice airplane. I really enjoyed flying it. But I was heavy. I was loaded and uh, took off and you know went in the clouds and climbed up on the ODP. Which, by the way, I got to give you props on the uh, on the ODP discussion on your last uh, podcast. That was an excellent breakdown of how that all works great, i think a lot great. of people miss that yeah but uh, i'm climbing in the odp because uh, or in the hold you know after doing the odp because i'm heavy and i'm you know i'm in a piston twin and so get up over the rocks and i'm heading southeast bound you know towards san antonio and i'm about over the yellow spring national park and the left engine just starts you know it's not <laughs> it's not running right <laughs> and i you know and i'm real sure i'm not gonna be able to stay up here with you know with just a single engine with my weight mm-hmm. so um Started troubleshooting it, you know, and fiddling with all the different levers and stuff, and uh, isolated one of the magnetos that had somehow, you know, started misfiring. It was causing the engine to run rough, so I could turn. I turned the magneto off, and it ran good. I mean, it was run single mag, so it didn't run completely smooth, but it was certainly better than it was yeah. before. Mm-hmm. And uh, limped it into uh, to Casper, where they had a service center, and sent the passengers off to lunch. And then they had a new mag on it, and I pressed on. So nice. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of scary. And uh, and the, the neat part of that trip was I ended that trip. Uh, uh, and and got my package to come to the, my current job. I got my offer letter uh, at the end of that trip. So, uh, and there was the light at the end of the tunnel. That's right, that as you it. know, as you know, <laughs> yes, indeed. Wonderful. Well, uh, Brent, it's been a real pleasure actually getting to uh, hear about your background and the new website. Um, thanks for coming on the show. First of all, thank you for being here with us today. Well, thank uh, you. We, uh, we, you know, it's iflyblog.com and uh, also the same on Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the listeners out there, if you have any questions for Brent, you can visit his website. Or if you've got any, uh, you know, want to send us uh, any in- information over here, it's stuckmikeavcast.com is the website. We are stuckmikeavcast on Twitter and Facebook. The email is, once again, stuckmikeavcast at gmail.com. For myself, Len Costa, and our special exclusive uh, interviewee this evening, uh, Brent Owens, we thank you all for tuning in to this uh, special edition of the Stuck Mike Abcast and wish you all, guys, clear skies and calm winds. Take care, everybody.
You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Abcast is an aviation podcast brought to you by thepilotreport.com, a Len Costa Production.